Hello, everybody. We are the ministry team at Evening Light Tabernacle in Menden, Louisiana. We're a Bible-believing church proclaiming Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So glad you joined us today uh, for this discussion. And um, we have been discussing about the Book of Acts church, how God had it, uh, started his church. And we want to keep in mind that Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. And yet the Bible is clear. It shows us that the Antichrist spirit would come and defile the church and make it lukewarm and formal and powerless. You know, Satan knows that if he can get the people to disbelieve the, the real revelation and the true revelation of Jesus Christ and, the, the, and who the true church is and what she is and what she stands for and that she can do the greater works, he knows she'll become an invincible army. Right. Yes, and I think that should be the goal of us as a church body today, to become that invincible army that defeats Satan here in this end time. Uh, to go back to where we were, and to kind of pick up, we talked about um, how that that it wasn't so from the beginning. And I'd just like to establish as we go forward in Psalms 119, it, it says, Thy word is true from the beginning. So, you know, we want to go back to the beginning, to where the church was in its infancy, to see how that God had a church like he wanted. And... That's the way he started. Now he wants it the way he started it. And so, you know, uh, again, what, what was it there when the, the Pharisees, you know, had tempted Jesus saying, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for any cause? And what was his reply to that? Jesus said, Moses gave you a writing of divorcement because of the hardening of your hearts. But then he goes to Genesis and he said, from the beginning, it wasn't so. So Jesus was actually correcting their error by going back to the original, going back to the beginning. Because what God does in the beginning is perfect. God doesn't have a beginning or an end. And he's not like a human being who grows in knowledge or increases in the knowledge. God always was and always will be. He said, I am he that was and is and is to come. Everything is present tense from God. So he never learns. He never gains knowledge. He never grows in understanding. So he is perfect. And that means he was perfect yesterday. Right. He's perfect today. And he's perfect forever. So if he established a church yeah. in the beginning, it had to be perfect from the beginning. Yeah. And it don't need no alterations or any changes. So Jesus now was correcting the error by going back to the beginning, God's perfect thought from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing that we should be able to do then. When, when we see 41,000 different denominations and we see these ideas and, and the ideas of man and the doctrines of man, if we want to know exactly where we should stand, if we want to know exactly what the truth is, we should go back to that perfect church that was established there in the book of Acts. We're safe there. That's right. <laughs> And it was established to be a pattern, you know, in, in, in building anything. You say you want to build a birdhouse or whatever, you establish a pattern that you're wanting to follow. 
then you expect yeah. everyone to follow that. If you're building it to what this first one was, then every one of the others should look the same or be the same in every detail. If it's truly a pattern, like if a woman makes a dress, she don't take the pattern and cut it up. You know, she takes the material, puts it on the pattern, and cuts the material to fit the pattern. Wonderful. And I believe that's what God intends for us to do as a believers as, and as a church is not take the Word and cut it all apart, Good. but to lay ourselves on the Word, and then what we don't fit there, what of us don't fit, then it gets cut off and right. shaped to match the Word. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Peter was rehearsing in Acts chapter 11, and he was telling of how the Holy Ghost had fell upon the Gentiles, and then he referred back to what had happened at the beginning. He said, as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. So it looks like to me then, here in the end time, that the Holy Ghost would be falling upon the people in the last day, just like it did in the beginning. Because, I mean, he refers but to it coming again now to the Gentiles. And here as we're closing the Gentile dispensation, that we should see the Holy Ghost falling as it did in the beginning. Amen. Well, he makes it clear at that point. He says, you know, in, in Acts 2, he says, The promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are afar off. You know, and we can take that and look at, you know, it's been thousands of years since he made that statement. Yes. But here we are and the promise still stands. That promise is just as good today for you, for me, for my Amen. children, for each and every one. And it's something that we should should all strive to attain to. Not not fall short and settle for a handshake. Not fall short and settle for, well, I'm a member of this church. But I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit exactly the way they were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and see the exact same things manifested out of my life that you began to see manifesting out of their life from that point forward. Amen. So you find that when Peter came out of the upper room, they began to accuse him of being drunk. You know, Peter's response was, you know, we're not drunk as you, you accuse us, seeing it's only the third hour of the day, but this is that. This was what was prophesied by Joel in Joel 2.28, that he's going to pour out his spirit and I believe that's where we are today. That's where the church was in. That's where the church has to be today. He pouring out his spirit on the people of this day, the true church of this day. So it's no longer them in action, but it's him in them in action. Amen. Something you mentioned earlier in, in reference to that is you see the apostles there beginning to carry out what the prophets had foretold. Exactly. You know. It just shows the word dovetails when itself and in itself. They can't deviate. This man has a revelation. That revelation ties. God wrote his Bible with men that were moved on by the Holy Amen. Spirit. And they all saw the same thing. That's wonderful. And it was written in years separation, mm-hmm. but yet they all saw the same gospel, the same word, the same Christ. Amen. They saw the same Jehovah of the Old Testament, and they watched him become Jesus of the New Testament. And it was it never changed its pattern. It's still the same. So if that, if that church was the perfect pattern, then God is still giving the Holy Ghost as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's exactly. right. As long as God is calling, then the Holy Ghost is still falling. That's right. Exactly. So, now when we're talking about this, you know, it, it looks like we're talking about what the way the church was at Pentecost. Is that right? Yes, sir. No, well, do you mean a Pentecostal denomination? Is that what you mean? The first church was not a denomination. 
Oh. Pentecost, we're just talking about Pentecost by experience. Oh, so Pentecost is a, not a denomination. Pentecost is an experience. Yeah, true Pentecost is, is the experience as you find it in Acts 2. Amen. Amen. So the beginning was at Pentecost, and, and this, is, this is what uh, we find that Jesus said in Luke 24, 47, and he spoke how repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Amen. So then the, we can say the birth of the true church was on the day of Pentecost. Exactly. Absolutely. So if we're going to have the birth of a church in the end time, she's going to be have the same kind of birth that they had on the day of Pentecost. Maybe we need to explain what that Pentecost was. That, that Pentecost, that upper room experience, why do we call it a Pentecostal experience? It's because it was 50 days prior, and I believe, you know, maybe you can expound on that for the audience to let them have an understanding that when we say Pentecost, it's not going back to Azusa, and it's not going back to the denomination. It's going back to the book of Acts, a Pentecostal experience. Amen. Well, you know, basically Pentecost means 50. It's a jubilee. It's, it was... Um, the ending of the spring feast that began with the Passover. And um, so it was one of, of the several feasts that would happen in the spring. And it happened to be on the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days uh, after the, the, the crucifixion, right. where the Passover lamb was slain, that um, the Holy Ghost fell. And there was 3,000 souls added to the church. I think it's really wonderful when we realize that uh, when Moses led the children of Israel out in their first exodus, that it was 50 days yeah. where that they came to Mount Sinai. Awesome. And there on Mount Sinai, they received the law written in stone. Mm. And however... Um, they immediately could not keep that word, and they broke that word. And so Moses, in his anger, broke the stone, what was written in stone, and and it was ground up and fed to the people, and three thousand died. Whereas okay. Pentecost, on oh, the yeah. day of Pentecost, Wonderful. there <laughs> there was right after the Passover lamb was slain, fifty days. There, seven weeks later, on the 50th day, here comes the Holy Ghost. And when Peter preached the, the word there on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls Amen. were added Praise to the, the kingdom Lord. of God. That's so wonderful. that was the administration of death. This is the administration of life. Wonderful. wonderful. Amen. So I think that's wonderful, you know. But, you know, it was there on the day of Pentecost where the true church was born. And what happened there is the pillar of fire. Yeah. Now, I want you to notice what it did. It wrote not in tables of stones, but in tables of the heart. That's right. wonderful. In other words, it wrote in the nature of man, right. where the Word of God was actually written into men's nature. Wonderful. And, and so then men become the law walking, living Bible. It wasn't an external law right, right. of do this and don't do this, but now it was an internal law yeah, of the Holy perfect. Ghost living out of the individual. That's I think perfect. you just gave a perfect explanation of what the new birth is. Amen. The, uh, Moses broke the first tables of stone, 
showing that the first testament would pass away and there would come a, a new testament. Yeah. It's perfect. Amen. So when the pillar of fire came down on the day of Pentecost, it was like tongues of fire. Mm. That one God divided himself among 120 in the right. upper room. And here they come out, staggering out of the upper room, speaking in other languages, every one of them glorifying God. So the Bible does say they spoke with tongues. They spoke in other languages, glorifying God. And I think that's the real thing. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter what language that you come out speaking in, that, you, it, that what's important is your life glorifies Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 The Word of God. Amen. I see we find admonition from Jude. He tells us to contend for the faith that was once delivered. And I think that's what we're here today to discuss is, you know, that faith is that Pentecostal experience, not the denomination, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we're contending for that. You can have that today. That's right. Amen. The same power, the same size, the same wonders, the same God, same healing, same miracles. He's the same in every detail except the corporal body. Amen. And it's very important that we see that little, that little word there, the. It's the faith. The faith. There, one there, faith. there is but one faith. Not a faith. Yeah, not yeah. a faith. Well, it says in Ephesians 4 and 5, one Lord, one faith, and one, one baptism. Amen. Amen. And he is That's the right. way. That's right. The way. The way. The way. So it's the, the faith. Same. The faith. That was once delivered to the same. Exactly. That's exactly right. So there's no 41,000 different denominational ways. Right. And or any religion that you want, and I believe there, you know, that any of them will work to to find a way to God. There is one way, right. and that is the way of the Word of God. That's the way of the new birth. Right. That's the way of of Christ coming and actually writing into your nature His own His own life. I believe Satan hates that very much and that's why it's so been distorted and giving you so many options and we're a culture that has so many options you can choose this you can have it your way this that and the other and then he hates so much to, to get that revelation that it, that it's for you and that there is a faith and that you can have it restored in your life and, and that you can have it and that you can have it and he battles against that and that's why jude would say that you have to contend yeah, contend. contend yeah i mean that's a fight to contend with someone is a battle it's not just something that that he's just gonna now i'm not talking about the lord i'm talking about the enemy he's just gonna say okay well you can have it you're gonna have to fight because all, he's turned everybody to where they believe it's it's so easy and no matter which way you go but we know that's not the truth it's the faith and you're gonna have to fight for the faith contend for it you gotta contend mm -hmm. for it you gotta contend for it yeah so you know so the, but they wasn't contending for a historical affair right but they were contending for a living resurrected Christ amen that's right amen and so you know the first thing after receiving the Holy Ghost at the gate called Beautiful, you know, Peter said, such as I have, yeah. give I thee. There was something that he had that he could give. He had yes. been endued so with it. He had been endued with power from on high. That's exactly right. And so, um, you know, he, he would say in Acts 4 and 10, be it known unto you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazareth whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you hold. So um, then he went on to say, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the right. corner. Amen. 
and neither is there salvation in any other. Any other. No, talk about preaching an exclusive gospel. It's only exclusive. This is exclusive. Yes, it is. For he says that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. So salvation isn't in any, any church, is it? Right. No, and I think what you just hit on is, is one reason that today's generation uh, and, and the modern generation has such a hard time accepting Christ is because it is exclusive. And, and the idea of culture today is is inclusive. Every, however you want, it's okay. There's nothing right, nothing wrong. I'm, you know, but, but the scripture isn't written that way at all. No. Right. This is the way. Uh-huh. If, if Christ redeemed his church then it is exclusive to him amen because he is the one it's his his church it's ownership and the bible says in acts 20 28 take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock over which the holy ghost hath made you overseers and to feed the church singular the church of god which he hath purchased with his own blood amen Showing that the blood that bought this was the blood of God. It says right there in Acts 20 verse 28. That means it's God's church, not man's church. And that God can make the rules because we were lost. And he saved us by his grace. But we've got to come that provided way. So there is no salvation then in any church. I'd like to propose this question. How could there be? What denomination bled for you? That's right. None. None of them bled None. for you. Yeah. It was Jesus that bled That's for you. Right. And the thing about this, when the Holy Spirit came and it moved upon them, the people recognized something about yeah. them. They said they took knowledge of them that they had been with they, Jesus. They been with Jesus. And if we're going to be a church in the last day, we've got to be a church that people acknowledge. Then people have been with Jesus. Exactly right. And this is what sets us apart as a church is that we've been with Jesus. Amen. And because we've been with Jesus, then we see the signs of Jesus, That's right. the works of Jesus, the actions of Jesus of working, Jesus. and the life of Jesus yeah. working out in his church. Therefore, his miracles are there, his signs, yeah. his wonders, his teaching yeah. has preeminence exactly. over all. And how can a man receive the Holy Ghost, Brother Tim? How does a man? How, if a man hearing this session wants the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Ghost, what is the formula? Well, the formula is an eternal prescription. And that prescription, Peter laid it out on the day of Pentecost. And he said, repent, which means turn from your sins and then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And then he said, and gave a promise, you, you, shall, shall, you, shall, you shall receive the Amen. gift of the Holy Ghost. This ascertains that you're going to receive Not it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So God bless you today. And we're going to be in the next sessions, you know, talking about this church. I believe God has a church in this end time, one that'll be exactly Amen. the way he started it. Amen. the way he'll have a church here in the end time. Amen. Thank you for joining with the ministry team at Evening Light Tabernacle. For more information on what you have heard today, please visit us at eveninglight.net. May God bless you.